Hello, listeners. Welcome back. This is part two of Zero Hour by Ray Bradbury. At four o'clock, the audio visor buzzed. Ms. Morris flipped the tab. Oh, hello, Helen, she said in welcome. Hello, Mary. How are things in New York? Fine. How are things in Scranton? Oh, you look tired. So do you. The children. Underfoot, said Helen. Miss Morris sighed. Mm, My mink, too. The super invasion. Helen laughed. Are your kids playing that game, too? Lord, yes. Tomorrow it'll be geometrical jacks and motorized hopscotch. Were we this bad when we were kids in 48? Worse. Don't know how my parents put up with me. Tomboy. Parents learn to shut their ears. A silence. What's wrong, Mary? asked Helen. Miss Morris's eyes were half closed. Her tongue slid slowly, thoughtfully over her lower lip. Um, she jerked. Oh, nothing. Just thought about that. Shutting ears and such. Oh, never mind. Where were we? My boy Tim's got a crush on some guy named Drill, I think it was. Hmm, must be a new password. Mink likes him, too. Oh, didn't know it got as far as New York. Word of mouth, I imagined. Looks like a scrap drive. I talked to Josephine, and she said her kids, uh, that's in Boston, are wild on this new game. It's sweeping the country. At this moment, Mink trotted into the kitchen to gulp a glass of water. Miss Morris turned. How are things going? Almost finished, said Mink. Swell, said Miss Morris. Oh, what's that? A yo-yo, said Mink. Watch. She flung the yo-yo down its string. Reaching the end, it... It finished. See, said Mink. (gasps) Oh, Dibbling her finger, she made the yo-yo reappear and zip up the string. Oh, do that again, said her mother. Can't. Zero hours, five o'clock. Bye. Mink exited, zipping her yo-yo. On the audio visor, Helen laughed. Oh, Tim brought one of those yo-yos in this morning. But when I got curious, he said he wouldn't show it to me. And when I tried to work it, finally, it wouldn't work. Hmm. You're not impressionable, said Miss Morris. What? Oh, never mind. Something I thought of. Can I help you, Helen? Oh, I wanted to get that black and white cake recipe. The hour drowsed by. The day waned. The sun lowered in the peaceful blue sky. Shadows lengthened on the green lawns. The laughter and excitement continued. One little girl ran away, crying. Miss Morris came out the front door. Mink, was that Peggy Ann crying? Mink was bent over in the yard near the rosebush. Yeah, she's a scare baby. We won't let her play now. She's getting too old to play. I guess she grew up all of a sudden. Is that why she cried? Oh, nonsense. Give me a civil answer, young lady, or inside you come. Mink whirled in consternation mixed with irritation. I can't quit now. It's almost time. I'll be good. I'm sorry. Did you hit Peggy Ann? No, honest, you ask her. It was something, well, she's just a scaredy pants. 
The ring of children drew in around Mink where she scowled at her work with spoons and a kind of square-shaped arrangement of hammers and pipes. "'There, there,' murmured Mink. "'What's wrong?' said Miss Morris. "'Drill's stuck. Halfway. If we could only get him all the way through, it'll be easier. Then all the others could come through after him.' "'Well, can I help?' "'No, thanks. I'll fix it.' "'All right.' I'll call you for your bath in half an hour. I'm tired of watching you. She went in and sat in the electric relaxing chair, sipping a little beer from a half-empty glass. The chair massaged her back. Children. Children and love and hate side by side. Sometimes children loved you, hated you all in a half of a second. Strange children. Did they ever forget or forgive the whippings and the harsh, strict words of command? She wondered. How can you ever forget or forgive those over and above you, those tall and silly dictators? Time passed. A curious, waiting silence came upon the street, deepening. Five o'clock. A clock sang softly somewhere in the house in a quiet, musical voice. Five o'clock. Five o'clock. Time's a-wasting. Five o'clock. And purred away into silence. Zero hour. Miss Morals chuckled in her throat. <laughs> Zero hour. A beetle car hummed into the driveway. Mr. Morris. Miss Morris smiled. Mr. Morris got out of the beetle, locked it, and called hello to Mink at her work. Mink ignored him. He laughed and stood for a moment watching the children in their business. Then he walked up the front steps. Hello, darling. Hello, Henry. She strained forward on the edge of the chair, listening. The children were silent. Too silent. He emptied his pipe and refilled it. Swell day! Makes you glad to be alive. Buzz. What's that? asked Henry. I, I don't know. She got up suddenly, her eyes widening. She was going to say something. She stopped it. Ridiculous. Her nerves jumped. Those children haven't anything dangerous out there, have they? she said. Nothing but pipes and hammers. Why? Nothing electrical? Heck no, said Henry. I looked. She walked to the kitchen. The buzzing continued. Just the same, you'd better go tell them to quit. It's after five. Tell them. Her eyes widened and narrowed. Tell them uh, to put off their invasion until tomorrow. She laughed nervously. The buzzing grew louder. What are they up to? I'd better go look, all right? The explosion. The house shook with dull sound. There were other explosions in other yards on other streets. Involuntarily, Miss Morris screamed. Up, up this way, she cried, senselessly, knowing no sense, no reason. Perhaps she saw something from the corners of her eyes. Perhaps she smelt a new odor or heard a new noise. There was no time to argue with Henry to convince him. Let him think her insane. Yes, insane. Shrieking, she ran upstairs. 
He ran after her to see what she was up to. In the attic, she screamed. That's where it is. It was only a poor excuse to get him in the attic in time. Oh, God, in time. Another explosion outside. The children screamed with delight as if it a great fireworks display. It's not in the attic, cried Henry. It's outside. No, no. Wheezing, gasping, she fumbled at the attic door. I'll show you. Hurry, I'll show you. They tumbled into the attic. She slammed the door, locked it, took the key, threw it into a far cluttered corner. She was babbling wild stuff now. It came out of her. All the subconscious suspicion and fear that had gathered secretly all afternoon and fermented like a wine in her. All the little revelations and knowledges and sense that had bothered her all day and which she had logically and carefully and sensibly rejected and censored. Now it exploded in her and shook her to bits. There, she said, sobbing against the door. We're safe until tonight. Maybe we can sneak out. Maybe we can escape. Henry blew up, too, but for another reason. Are you crazy? Why do you throw that key away? Damn it, honey. Yes, yes, I'm crazy if it helps, but stay here with me. I don't know how in hell I can get out. Quiet. They'll hear us. Oh, God, they'll find us soon enough. Below them, Mink's voice. The husband stopped. There was a great universal humming and sizzling, a screaming and giggling. Downstairs, the audio televisor buzzed and buzzed insistently, alarmingly, violently. Is that Helen calling? thought Miss Morris. And is she calling about what I think she's calling about? Footsteps came into the house. Heavy footsteps. Who's coming in my house? demanded Henry angrily. Who's tramping around down there? Heavy feet. Twenty, thirty, forty, fifty of them. Fifty persons crowding into the house. The humming, the giggling of the children. This way, cried Mink below. Who's downstairs, roared Henry. Who's there? Hush! Oh, no, 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 no said his wife weakly, holding him. Please, be quiet. They might go away. Mom, called Mink. Dad? A pause. Where are you? Heavy footsteps. Heavy, heavy, very heavy footsteps came up the stairs. Mink leading them. Mom, a hesitation. Dad, awaiting silence. Humming, footsteps toward the attic. Minx first. They trembled together in silence in the attic, Mr. and Miss Morris. For some reason, the electric humming, the queer cold light suddenly visible under the door crack, the strange odor and the alien sound of eagerness in Mink's voice finally got through to Henry Morris, too. 
He stood, shivering in the dark silence, his wife beside him. Mom! Dad! Footsteps. A little humming sound. The attic lock melted. The door opened. Mink peered inside. Tall blue shadows behind her. Peekaboo, said Mink. The End I hope you enjoyed Zero Hour by Ray Bradbury. It was narrated, edited, and produced by me, Rachel Hancock. If you enjoyed this episode, copy the link and share it with your friends. It's a quick way to help me grow the podcast. Thank you for tuning in. See you next time.